Rocky Road Cycling. If road cycling is your new hobby and you want to be better informed to get more out of it, then this is the place for you. I'm Lexie Rose and thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk about Garmin's and also a couple of other gadgets that you may be interested in knowing more about, either because you might want to get one or just because you want to understand what they do and why other people use them. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about heart rate monitors and power meters. So Garmin's, they really do have a monopoly when it comes to GPS computers for bikes. I mean, there are various other manufacturers and brands out there, and probably the main one to rival Garmin is Wahoo. But I would be surprised if it wasn't the case that the majority of cyclists who purchase a bike computer go for a Garmin. GPS bike computers used to be about giving you directions and telling you your speed, and now they're about so much more often like having a really numeric and stats-focused sort of personal trainer in a handheld device. Okay, so I'm just going to do a run-through of the main features that Garmin's have, and then talk a bit about the different models available. So Garmin do a wide range of personal sports computers. You may be familiar with some of the watches they do for runners, for example. Anyway, for bikes, Garmin have a range called Garmin Edge, and there's about eight or so main ones to choose from right now. So before you buy, you need to decide what features you want it to have. So to list the main things you'll want to consider if you need or want, we have the following options. Right. Uh, Colour screen, touch screen, screen size, battery life, Bluetooth and Ant Plus connectivity, smartphone notifications, changeable light dark back screen lighting, control for turbo trainers, breadcrumb or arrow navigation, or if you want base maps, Climb Pro to tell you details about ascents, if you want to be able to create routes on the device, live tracking, communication with fellow riders and people back home. And there is also a huge range of performance stats and metrics that may or may not be important to you. So a lot to think about. And of course, these features and the combination thereof come at different price points. Generally, I would say the increased price comes with improved appearance and operation. Even the most basic models are often packed with features, stats and compatibility. Uh, it's not true across the board, but that's generally roughly how it works. There are actually many models out there, but the list of discontinued models is almost as long or maybe longer. Uh, Garmin have done quite a bit of housekeeping recently and really refined their models down, which in a way makes it then easier to decide. Actually, the model I have is now discontinued, the Edge Explore 1000. I think when I bought mine, the main must-have was that I wanted a big screen and a good clear map, and also with a touch screen and Bluetooth connection. And I guess I found a good deal on an Edge Explore 1000 uh, at the time, and so I, I went for it. Right, so I'm just going to mention some of the main Garmin Edge models currently available to give you an idea of what's out there. We'll start with the Edge 130, which retails at £150, and move through to the Edge 1030, which retails at £500. Okay, so we'll very briefly just look at six different models. So the Edge 130, uh, it's quite a compact unit, um, but it does have some great features. It's got the turn-by-turn -turn navigation for planned routes. 
It has various rider performance features and Strava Live segments. Its battery life is 15 hours. It's also compatible with Garmin's Varia, which is a cool like rear view radar and smart bike lights, which warn of approaching vehicles and also adjusts lights according to the riding conditions and indicate braking, which is a cool idea. So then the Edge 130 Plus, which is an extra £20 at £170, uh, gives you all those features, plus a few more on performance. It also gives you detailed information on upcoming ascents using their Climb Pro software, and also has some extra features for mountain bikers. Then the Edge Explore, uh, £220. And this one is more touring oriented. It's a bit like the one that I had. So far less focus on performance stats, but it has increased focus on smart navigation, recalculation, and is built with a base map included and has a high storage capacity. Then the Edge 530, which is £260. It has Strava routes and Komoot pre-installed, has lots of performance metrics and stats, also Climb Pro and Varia, and you can also set nutrition and hydration alerts throughout your ride. It has a 20-hour battery life. It also, as well as uh, GPS, it uses GLONASS satellites, which increases the speed and accuracy of location data. Then the Edge 830, which is £350. It's yeah, easy to use with a lightweight touchscreen unit. Uh, has great mapping with high resolution colour screen, also has features such as live tracking with friends um, and detection of incidents and smartphone connection. So then we have the Edge 1030, which is £500. It has basically everything. Um, and along with that, it just has increased processing technology and high speed of response. And it's very stable with all that. So yeah, the, the premium unit you can buy. There are a few more that you can currently get that I haven't mentioned, but those that I have just gone through will give you a good overview of the type of thing currently available. So even the lower end Garmin's probably have more features than you'll need. Um, for me though, the reason I got a higher end one to start with was really because I wanted a large colour screen with a clear map. And for me, the Explore with the touring focus was fine because I didn't really need or want all the stats. However, now I'm a lot more sort of into things like that, I would like to have some of this data. And I think I like the idea of the Climb Pro with the detailed data on climbs, although obviously not such an issue for me in London right now. But yeah, I would like some of those performance stats. Garmin also sells bundles with each Edge computer, which may include a heart rate monitor, a silicon case and a bike mount, for example. Anyway, I hope that's given you a brief overview of what you can currently get. The next podcast is about Strava and navigation. So in that, we'll talk more about how your Garmin and Strava work together. Okay, heart rate monitors or HRMs. So in its simplest form, it's a device that helps you train and helps you train effectively. They help you determine how much effort you're putting in, the intensity of your effort, and in turn, if you're hitting your training goals. And it helps you track your progress and increase your fitness over time. As I'm sure you know, a heart rate monitor will measure your heart rate in beats per minute. So it also helps you stay within your physical limits and prevents you from overexerting yourself for too long, which could be unsafe. There is a lag, of course, between you increasing your effort and you seeing that reflected in your heart rate. 
So you'll see people wearing a chest strap HRM. There's a little unit that then sits next to your heart and it houses a couple of electrodes that then need to be in contact with your skin to pick up the electrical um, activities in your heart, how much it's beating, which in turn then gives you a reading in beats per minute. You'll need to wet those electrodes before use to ensure a good signal and then obviously let it dry after use to look after it and also wear it correctly and get the electrodes the right way up and in the right position. Your heart rate can also be measured via an optical heart rate sensor, which are typically found in like the wrist watches. These shine an LED light that measures the blood flow through your wrist, um, but that's not as an effective or reliable method in terms of accuracy of measurement. So mo most cyclists opt for the chest strap, and this is obviously more accurate as it's right next to your heart. And in turn, it can respond more rapidly for quick changes, which is important during interval training. So your HRM needs to communicate with something, and very often this will be your Garmin. And the connectivity can either be through Garmin's Ant Plus technology or via Bluetooth, which will be a feature of most newer HRMs and Garmins. So to get started, if you really want to optimise your training, you'll need to perform a threshold test, which is the intensity you could theoretically hold over one hour. It's your maximum kind of red line output but you calculate it by doing a 20-minute test or a FTP test, a functional threshold power test. And from this, you calculate your different training zones. We'll talk more about this another time. For now, if you want to get one, just get used to wearing it, operating it, seeing how it works. When getting started with it, you can just use a generic formula to calculate your threshold. The one that's commonly used is 220 minus your age. However, that's obviously very impersonal and can be really inaccurate, but it does give you a rough ballpark figure. As I said, we can talk about how to do the threshold test, the proper FTP test another time, as well as the different training zones and what they mean. But by monitoring your heart rate when you ride, you can monitor your fitness and you will hopefully see it improving. Right then, let's talk about power meters. What do they do? So. As the name would suggest, they essentially measure your power output. This is useful if you want to track your performance, if you're working to improve it. It helps you get more out of each ride in terms of when to rest and recover and when to work. So they're most commonly strain gauges and they can be located within a few different parts of your bike, namely the hub, the cranks or the pedals. And there are also options that are fitted within either the bottom bracket or within the chain ring. So a bit about the sciencey bit. Um, so the string gauge will deflect under the force you apply to it. And this allows calculation of power from the force, distance and time. As you may remember from school, uh, one watt is one newton meter per second. So in other words, one watt of power is required to move one newton, one meter in one second. And so for a moving bike then, we need to think of this more in terms of power equals force times velocity. Anyway, enough. You don't need to know that, but I think it's nice to know how things work and hope that some of you do too. Okay, so crank-based power meters tend to be the favoured option, partly because hub-based power meters can limit your wheel choice, I think, and can be a bit more fiddly to switch between bikes. And pedal-based options can be a little less reliable in 
poor weather conditions and if it's particularly wet. And note that some crank-based power meters are dual-sided and some are single-sided. So those that are single-sided usually measure power from the left side and therefore simply double the output from this one side to calculate total power. Some have options to account for an imbalance between your legs, uh, should you happen to know this. Uh, combined power meters combine the power output from both legs so they don't measure it independently. And then the most expensive kind uh, measure leg power output independently. Things to consider are AmpPlus and Bluetooth compatibility. Um, AmpPlus was the method for connectivity to your Garmin, although a lot of newer models have Bluetooth for this, so you can also connect to smartphones and that makes software updates easier too. Cost? Well, entry-level power meters may be about £300, mid-level maybe double that at around £600, and top-end can be £1,000 or more. And as with lots of bike-related stuff, the material it is made of or housed within dictates how much it will cost. So again, you have the choices of carbon or alloy. If you're starting out as a road cyclist, or really even if you're an established road cyclist who has been cycling for some time now, you probably won't be super interested in getting a power meter. It's really a tool for helping you train accurately and getting your pace spot on over a particular distance or for an event. As with the heart rate monitors, you get started by establishing your training zones that then track your fitness and then know exactly what you're capable of over different distances, etc. And whereas with a heart rate monitor, there's no lag in the feedback, so you optimise the full duration of each training interval. Anyway, I just wanted to make you aware of them. And so when the sort of super speedy club cyclists mention them, as those are the people that usually have them, then you know what they are. Who knows, if you're really keen or if money is no object, then you may want to get one. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Don't forget to tune in on Friday when we'll be talking about Strava and navigation. So thanks for listening. Hope you've got something to take away. Don't forget to tell people, share our love for cycling. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also find us on LinkedIn and, of course, the website cyclebean.cc. Stay safe, rookie roadies. See you next time.